right. Yeah. I don't know. Connor usually says something dumb in this case. Yeah. I mean, so, I can say something dumb. All right, go ahead. Um, Papa John's pizza is the best pizza. All right, all right, all right, all right, all right. go to the song. Huh? <laughs> Dude, there's a fire. You see all the uh, fire trucks and ambulances out here? Fire trucks. I think there was someone. I think there was something happened. Like they had a stretcher. Anyway, anyway, this is Spring's podcast. Uh, usually it's with me and someone else, but Connor's not here this week. He's at Music Midtown, I think. Jumping the fence or something. I don't know. So this week we have uh, an esteemed guest. Oh, thank you. Or just someone who lives upstairs. Yeah, yeah. Joey, why don't you introduce yourself? Hi, my name is Joey Bishop. Um, I don't okay. know what else to say about that. That's myself. it. I live in the attic. All right. Well, yeah. that, don't, 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 that sounds creepy now. Um, <laughs> this is Arrested Development. Um, yeah. Uh, okay. Uh, anyway. Yeah, what is it with the fire? Do you see that? I was walking back and I saw the fire trucks. In I did not. Well, nothing happened. Anyway, Joey, why why are you here today? I don't know. You asked me to be here. I asked you to come on because I figured you'd want to talk about your film. So this is coming okay. out on Tuesday. Uh, Thursday. No, this is coming out. This podcast oh, episode wow. is coming out on Tuesday. Why'd you say Thursday? Huh? I thought you were talking about the film. <sighs> okay, Joey. What are you, Connor? Okay. Yeah. The, the film. The, okay. No, no. The podcast episode will come out on Tuesday. Okay. Um, and what's happening Wednesday? So it's a self-aware podcast. What do you mean? Oh yeah, we're a podcast that knows it exists. We're very open to that. We do not record on on this. I mean, we recorded next week's episode. Uh huh. Was recorded before this one. Okay. Because I wanted to bump this one so we could talk about the film before right. it comes out. It was Tanner who was on it, and he was like, "All right." At first, he was upset, but he was he moved, mm-hmm. moved past it. He got into it. <laughs> no, not like that. He moved <laughs> past it. Um, so anyway, you had a film coming out. What's it called? It is called Anatidaophobia. Okay, what's that about? It is about a young male office worker mm-hmm. who starts becoming haunted by ducks, and it makes him feel compelled to actually do his work in the office. Okay. Yeah. So is there? Um, this will be coming out. So this again, this episode will come out on Tuesday. Mm-hmm. So on Wednesday, Wednesday is the premiere of okay. Campus Movie Fest, so where they show the top sixteen from Georgia okay. Tech, and I'm anticipating we'll be in it. Mm-hmm. You never know; there might be like sixteen geniuses there that submitted films. But yeah, sometimes you know, and we were there last year. Obviously, yeah. there's some really great ones. There's some not as great ones. Yeah. Um, we were somewhere in that spectrum. We were somewhere in the yeah in the spectrum, yeah. if you will. Um, we were definitely not the worst. No. I can guarantee that. But there were some ones I was like, really, this made the top sixteen. Mm-hmm. Whatever. Um, but there were some really great ones that uh, that was you know. Yeah, there were some really. Good ones. There were some really well done. Um, but uh, yeah, so so you yeah that film coming up coming out I guess at this point tomorrow. What time? Mm-hmm. Uh, the show starts at seven. The doors will open at six thirty. All right. Yeah. This is one big ad. Is the whole point of this? Yeah, it's, it's just a huge ad. Uh, can you tell more about? Uh, so, so you are well. You're credited for a lot of things. You're credited for directing, mm-hmm. producing, writing, writing, editing, um, editing, and a bit of crew as well. A bit of crew. Yeah. So why don't you talk about the writing process the first? Writing and process? we'll go through all of them basically. Um. I mean, the writing process for each thing that I do, really, I just have an idea that pops in my head, mm-hmm. and I'm like, ooh, that's a good idea. So, so when did you down. when did you start developing this idea? Then? This idea actually started spring semester. Um, okay. One of my roommates and I 
were discussing different genres that were like not combined together that often mm-hmm. and one of those or two of those genres were comedy and thriller so okay. we were like why don't we make a comedy thriller so you developed the genre first and then right. you cre- kind of created a story or right, right 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 okay. and um we started using an example of somebody being being chased or being haunted by some sort of weird thing and mm-hmm. i just as an arbitrary example actually said why don't we have it be a duck mm-hmm. but then it stuck and so it actually stayed as being a duck at first i didn't want it to be a duck because i thought it was kind of over the top mm-hmm. but now Meaning it's, it's a little too on the nose right 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 but it just stopped. Because, especially with comedy thriller, like you said, it's not very, it's not combined. I think you need some level of realism. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? Otherwise, it's just comedy. Right. And it's just a parody. Exactly. So, I mean, you're not going for parody, I assume. I mean, okay, I helped shoot it, but I assume you're not going for parody. Mm-hmm. No. There's, there's, no. A, there's some serious things that you're throwing in there, too, that you sprinkled in. You yeah, want to talk about that like as well? Yeah, the, uh, the side story with PETA and the boss. Yeah, so go ahead and yeah. talk about how that developed as well, because that's not something you just thought about, I assume. No. Um, with all of the stories that I write, I like to have like a B story, like a side story going on. Mm-hmm. The house with exploring the overall themes of the, um, of the film. And um, with this one, one of the one of the themes was responsibility. Like obviously, um, Aaron, the protagonist, he's running away from his responsibilities of like dealing with the duck and dealing with his work at the office. But then Peta is kind of the opposite. Peta is who, who's Peta is the receptionist okay. in the in the um, office space, and she kind of feels responsible for like dealing. Or now he uh, kind of feels responsible for dealing with everything that the boss asks of him mm-hmm. in the office, which um, leads to the um, leads to some of the tension between those two characters. Yeah. Yeah. Um, a different type of tension that you would expect, too. Yes, I think it's, definitely. Uh, um, it's something that you was, that, uh, you know, talking to Nadia, and we, we looked at the script, uh, uh, you know, a week before, so before you sent it, mm-hmm. we were like, oh, we didn't expect you to... T- to dive into these sorts of issues yeah you know especially so we will do work on you want to talk about your film last year as well yeah battle of wit yeah sure so the so battle of wit for instance mm-hmm. you didn't you didn't cover necessarily something like that you covered different themes obviously yeah, more um i think standard themes were like themes that could appeal to a broader audience yeah. um less um adult themes yeah, I mean this this yeah. one. I mean, you know, there's no need to, to dance around. It. You're talking about sexual harassment yeah. in the workforce, yeah. in the workplace, which has obviously been big in the media as well, mm-hmm. especially in the last year and a half or so, with with a lot of things that have happened. Yeah. Um. So so you're appealing to that, I guess. Mm-hmm. I mean, that may help you get into the top sixteen. It's it's a it's a it's an important theme. Whereas the battle of it was more not parody, but uh, lighthearted. Yeah, it was definitely lighthearted. Yeah, I mean, it's a guy in cardboard armor fighting. Yeah, you're. I mean, I guess it is parody because you're kind of making fun of the hero's journey. Yeah, is that? Yeah, kind of. Um, and they can find that online already. That that's right. Yeah, that's on Campus Movie Fest YouTube. Okay, page. so you can see people can find that and get an idea before mm-hmm. they they come on and see. All right. So um, so yeah, you have your B. So what would be the B storyline in that film? Um, that one actually didn't have a B storyline yeah. in that one. Like, that was really my second production, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so I was still learning like my writing process and everything so i wasn't able to really develop like like always incorporating b story and everything that came mm-hmm. later um but i do think there's like like some still some symmetry in there 
mm-hmm. like between um like the the and the beginning and the ending like exist yeah. in the same uh, space whenever he wakes up. Well, you you like you you seem to be a fan of your Shyamalan twists. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't want to spoil either of the films, right? Um, maybe that maybe that just did. But uh, you seem to be yeah. You the the if we're looking at parallels between at least the two films that I've worked on, and we'll talk about your first one as well. We'll get to that in a minute. Mm-hmm. Um, they kind of have that same structure. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, um, they have a similar I structure. Think twists are always interesting. I feel like sometimes mm-hmm. they can be overdone. Yeah. Like in some of the films that we saw last year mm-hmm. at Campus Movie Fest, a lot of them had twists. Did they? Yeah. Like there was a cup Which of one? Joe where it was like a guy that was like uh, yeah. drinking coffee and then basically became a cannibal and then like everything turned into coffee. And it was just like twist after twist after twist. Yeah. No, that one, and then there were that just, many twists in last year's films, were there? I felt like there were a few. There were too many for my taste, at least. Okay. But, like, I feel like... Yeah, you have to do it right. You have to do it um, right, yeah. Yeah, I think, the, I think the one this year is... I think I think it's a lot better than the F. Out of Whip one. Yeah, that's Just in right. my opinion. I think mm-hmm. F. Out of Whip is a little more standard. Um, maybe not cliche, but we've seen that, that sort of like, thing before. Yeah, like, kind of formulaic it's almost. A, it's, 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 the, it's the... it's Yes, it's the definition of a twist, almost. Yeah. It's exactly what you've seen, and you can kind of you can't expect it, but when you see it, it's like oh, it's like, oh okay, yeah, yeah, fine. It almost yeah, and um, and you could definitely tell, and we'll keep talking about the comparison because uh, you when you sent me the script for a Battle of What, mm-hmm. it was fourteen pages, fourteen or nineteen, one of those two, yeah. It was a lot of pages, and I told you, Joey, we're not gonna be able to film, film this in five minutes. And I didn't t- listen to you. It's traditionally, and, and this, and it, it doesn't necessarily apply, but for, for you know, for a standard film script, it's a minute per page. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. So that's why I said this is fourteen pages. We're really, you're like, no, 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 it's gonna fit. Yeah. And we really, you really struggled. We, had to, we there were a lot of cut scenes. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Your cut was seven and a half minutes, whereas the yeah, director's movie best, cut was seven. Campus minutes. Movie Fest is a strict five minute limit. Yes, exactly. Because they wanted to keep it short. Um, they want to, get, you know, make sure your writing is concise. And so this year's script was seven pages. It was only six four. And a half. Was it, it was four? Only four pages long. Yeah, because I, I wanted to make sure I had room to include credits. That's one of the things I didn't like about Battle of Wit last mm-hmm. year was I had to cut out a lot. And there of were credits. a lot of credits, especially in Battle of We had a lot of crew members. We had a lot of extras. Mm-hmm. We didn't need it as much this year, but right, um, maybe more crew this year than, than last year. But uh, yeah, so you sent me the script, and it was a lot more concise. So how did you? So I guess you learned your lesson. In yeah, way. definitely. I. I knew, and like I've uh, participated in a couple other short films as well since mm-hmm. Battle of Wit, so like I've been able to really like focus on being concise in my writing, mm-hmm. and also another thing that I've in, like co- kind of incorporated in my writing, like obviously dialogue. I think if you have a page of dialogue, that's really gonna equal a minute of dialogue yes. in a film. But then action can vary a lot. Yeah, um, that's why it's, it's, it's about so an like, average of a page per. Yeah, minute. yeah. Because it's, it's like for example, like if you just say. Uh, George walks into the room mm-hmm. that could take um, uh, like anywhere from like half a second to five seconds depending on the even kind 20 of seconds you could just film yeah. 20 seconds of him walking in yeah exactly and depending on like the style going for the mood of the scene yeah so I try to incorporate like descriptors and stuff into um, my action to lengthen it or shorten it to match like and you can always and, 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 and part of it is your writing and you're the director so you can change things oh yeah we exactly. don't have a script supervisor necessarily mm-hmm. um maybe we should get one i don't know <laughs> but we don't have one so so it, it's it's very streamlined process there's mm-hmm. no one there's no third you're not going through a third party because traditionally obviously in a, in a 
feature production, you have a separate writer, usually, and then a separate director. And the director's right. interpreting what's written on the page, whereas you can kind of say, oh, I'll, I'll fix that, you know, during production. Or yeah. like, I don't need to flush this part out because I know, I know what I, 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 know what I right. want like to see. I'm building a vision while I'm writing yeah. it. So you yeah. don't need to, so you're thinking about both as you're writing. Exactly. Um, so let's talk about the, the first film that you worked on. This is obviously before you came to college. The first film? Yeah. This, actually, I started on junior year. Okay. In high school. Yes. Okay. And I didn't finish it till um, this past summer. Okay. It's called Mother. It's kind of my brainchild, mm-hmm. and uh, I've gone through four different drafts of it. Mm-hmm. I finally like at a draft that I like, and I feel is complete. Um, but over the summer after I graduated, um, I was like, why don't I take some of the scenes from Mother? And this is like just the first draft. Yeah. And I was like, why don't I just film these and like kind of get an idea for like what I want this to look like? Mm-hmm. And so I got a couple of my friends from high school. Um, mm-hmm and borrowed a lot of my dad's equipment and green screen, his camera, his lighting, all that stuff. He actually uh, helped with filming it. Um, and we filmed like five scenes and it was my first time writing something, directing something, editing something. My dad and I actually uh, shared the editing process for it. Okay. Um, That's when you learned Final Cut. Yeah, this is when I learned like a okay. lot of stuff. Um, yeah. But I think it for a first film, it turned out very well. Looking back on it, is it available online? Can people find it? No, it's unlisted on YouTube. Okay. So it's just like shared between all the cast and yeah. crew members because there's like copyrighted, uh, copyrighted. There's some music. Music in okay. it, yeah. Um, I actually started. I tried to get um, the rights to use that music so I mm-hmm. can like share it publicly and everything. And it has big songs like "Hit Me with Your Best Shot," "Living on a Prayer," "Don't Stop Believing," that kind of stuff in it. And I remember talking with one of the. Um, one of three people for living on a prayer slide so like split three ways mm-hmm. and it would have cost her like two thousand dollars yeah it's yeah it's ridiculous it's, it's, so um okay let's stay on music then yeah. um so you you also do the music i guess or you arrange the music you arrange the score um let's say or do you have someone no, else who i does that? edit the score into it and sometimes i have to like you know chop it up but i don't well, Typically, by range, yeah. I mean, like, consolidate. I guess. Yeah, you Find consolidate. the music that you want. Where do you find the music, then? Um, some of the stuff has been royalty-free. Mm-hmm. Uh, Campus Movie Fest provides royalty-free music. Um, but also, one of my friends from high school, who is also in Mother, mm-hmm. he composes music. Okay. And so I've had him compose stuff for, for Mother. And um, uh, for another one of my projects that I was working on, Crops, uh, he started on the uh, score for that. Okay. Yeah. So why don't you have him write more then? I mean, if mm-hmm. he wants to... Well... Um, it's a lot of work. Yeah, it is a lot of work. It's time. It takes mm-hmm. time. And I think with, um, like, the lot amount of time we have for, like, Campus Movie Fest, yeah. he wouldn't be able to get, like, a full score in. No, but like, you could have... You could talk to him maybe about writing a theme, right? Like, a main theme. Yeah, I guess so. sprinkle throughout... It'd be, yeah, you need, it, it almost, it's almost a full-time job just writing the score yeah, for, really for a is. short film. And, like, he's at college as well. Yeah, he's like, got I'm stuff sure going on. Stuff going um, on. Um, yeah, there's there's a good amount of royalty-free music out there. I mean, I, all yeah. the stuff, that, also on my YouTube channel, is, it's all royalty-free music. Mm-hmm. Um, it's easy to find. Okay. Um, so we talked about writing. We talked about, um, we'll get to writing. Let's talk about the producing process. So produce, producing. So as a producer... Because you, you wear multiple hats. Oh, yeah. Each thing. So, so what, what do you do as a producer? Then? Honestly, of... producing is my least favorite job. Yeah. It'd be really. the one I'd, I'd like to replace with someone else as soon as possible. Mm-hmm. 
because it... Well, I asked to be a producer, but you kind of shot yeah. me down on this. So. When was that? I asked you to, to be a producer on your film. When was... When? Like a few days ago. A few days ago? I mean, I know we asked Joey Crawford to be a producer. No, I said put me on as a producer. Oh, whatever. It's fine. Oh, whatever. Uh, it's too late now, I guess. But it's a lot of, like, basically talking to people. Mm-hmm. And I don't, I don't really like just talking to people and just talk to people. Um, but, like, you're basically, like organizing the cast the crew locations you're getting the prop you're getting the people to do props you're getting the people to write the scores you're basically bringing everybody together yeah to it's the a project. lot of logistics parts that yeah you don't a lot of do. logistics there's budget stuff that goes in um and, and you'd rather just handle the creative side of it right exactly saying. i'd rather have somebody tell me you need to be here at this time and then i can like get all my um shots and everything together and go to that place mm -hmm. rather than having to find that location as well determine what times are good to um film there and let everyone know and then go there well you should have asked i'm sure someone would have produced this mm. these films maybe next year it's easier just it's it, it can be again going back to the writing and directing can, sometimes it can be easier to streamline it yeah so it's all in one if one person's handling it but it can also be a lot of work for one person mm -hmm. um it's a juggling thing Yes, it is. Yeah, it's uh. So let's talk about maybe your favorite part, uh, the editing process. Editing, no, directing is my favorite. Okay, well, let's talk about your second. Let's talk about your third favorite part. There you go. <laughs> the editing process. The editing process. So you're using Final Cut Pro. Yes. Um, that's something you use that your dad, I guess, used. So yes. That's why. Uh, dad used it, and then he downloaded it on my computer so I could use it as well. Okay, because there's multiple yeah. software. There's multiple nonlinear editing tools that you could use. Yeah. Um, it's all about comfort. I think they're all fairly similar. Yeah, I think so. In terms of capabilities. Um, and I talked to you about After Effects, if you wanted to include some special effects. Yeah. Um, that's something that you think you would use in the future, perhaps? Probably, like, especially if we did, like, any sort of heavy action base with explosions. Or yeah, you could have explosions. You could have stuff. anything, though. Yeah. Yeah. You, could, yeah. you could use it to work on backgrounds and other things or like that. just, like, little pixie dust or something. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Uh, there's there's tons. I've seen some other some previous Chaos Movie Fest films that have uh, maybe like one scene they have some uh, something in After Effects that you can tell. Yeah, or at least I can tell. Maybe most people, but um, you can tell like they 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 stretch their budget here, if you will. Right, right. Um, so any anything else in the editing process because you got to consolidate all these shots. Mm -hmm. uh, um, so how do you know what to cut, what not to cut? Uh, it's definitely like. A long process mm -hmm. I typically start out by just like taking the shots um, that we film and like putting them in with the with like how they're supposed to be in the script mm -hmm. so you just you make a, a assembly cut is what it's called assembly, cut. assembly sure. cut is basically everything we've shot in order right I haven't consult haven't cut anything down right. yet or anything. and then like I look at things and just like start cutting them down a little bit maybe throwing some J cuts or L cuts if necessary mm -hmm. um, and then from there, just like basic video audio tweaking, um, and once I get everything down to like the size that I want it to be, is whenever I do like the heavy um, video stuff, like any sort of green screening or keying that I might have to do, or like mm -hmm. transitional type stuff. Um, and then audio typically comes like later once I make sure everything is cut correctly, because I feel like it's harder to do audio like first and then everything else because the audio shifts around with different clips and yeah. it might not line up just as well no yeah especially yeah. in this in, on the film that we that we just made there's a lot of uh, audio free well that's not the right word there's a lot of shots that don't have audio and you're mm. cutting it out 
Yeah, like it's mostly just music. Yeah, going so, on. Yeah. And how do you so how do you balance that? Because you don't want just it's not a musical, right? You don't want just right. constant music. Sometimes you want that silence. So how do you choose? Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just based on the scene, I guess. Yeah, just based on the scene and like how things look, like in terms of them, like how the shot looks. Mm-hmm. If a shot is like engaging enough, where there can't be any, where you know there could not be any silence, or there could be silence. Um, and still keep the audience's interest, mm-hmm. then obviously cut out any sort of music. Sometimes, more yeah. Sense. Sometimes silence can be can be more powerful than mm-hmm. music too. Definitely. Where you just where you have maybe uh, and you see it in, in horror movies all the time where you have a oh, build yeah. up of music and then it just cuts out. Right. Um, and that's something like we kind of incorporated in this in film. This. They'll see tomorrow. Yeah. If they come. Um, okay. Let's talk about let's talk about your favorite part, which is the directing. Yeah, directing. What, what makes it your favorite part then? What makes the it your favorite ones? part is. I feel like that's whenever I get to create something mm-hmm. with a lot of people, right? With okay. writing, I'm I'm making like it's like it's pre-production. Mm-hmm. You are um, you're creating the world on paper, and you have all these things in your head. Um, some more flushed out than others, mm-hmm. um, and then in editing, it's post-production. Everything's already filmed. There's not much else you can do. Unless you're just like... Well, you could be a really good editor. Yeah, can, yeah, even with like really good editing, you can't like create a new shot from a different angle to no, help yeah. with stuff. Um, but whenever you're actually in directing, you know, you have the cast, you have the crew, you have the director of photography, you have everything there, um, all the props, and you can like, you know, you, you create your world that you're imagining, but then also you have the opportunity to get like a great idea and like maybe shift something just slightly and make everything so much more compelling mm-hmm. and um i know i really like the idea of like also being able to create something with a lot of people and like being able to have something that's like not only did i make this but i'm but a lot of my peers a lot of my friends made it with me do you ever yeah, think you're going to try to like get outside people then, or is it always going to be with your friends? Um, I mean, I think I've always outsourced, like, outs- like I've always gotten outside people. Mm. Yeah, ever since Mother, I had to contact, like, um, the, uh, like, big musical star at our mm-hmm. high school. I had, like, never talked to her before. I knew mm. who she was, but I never talked to her. So, like, I think with every film, I've had to outsource at, like, at least, like, one person, especially for cast. Mm-hmm. Um, but in directing and being like on set with people, you start building like lasting friendships. Yeah, your your favorite part is is the interaction with the people. So yes. that's why the editing and the writing, which is more solo based, mm-hmm. I guess. I mean, it could be with other people, but it's not in, the, in this case. Um, yeah. So so um, we talked a lot about how uh, you like to write your scripts and then direct it. Do you think you would direct a script you would not? You hadn't written? I'm sure I would. Or do you think you... How, I, how do you think you would handle that differently? I would have to do a lot more, like, research into the script, like, like mm-hmm. reading the script a lot more times. Mm-hmm. Because, obviously, I haven't written it. It's foreign to me at first. Um, and I don't know, like, all of the writer's intentions at first, whenever I first read it. Um, and I think that's something that, like, every director does with a script that they haven't written. Mm-hmm. Is like, you know, just, like, a lot of research into it and making sure that everything um 
like follows the a same style. Mm-hmm. And I think also, I would try to communicate with the writer at least a couple times, like just making sure I'm I'm keeping their. Well, that's again that's what the script supervisor idea. would yeah. serve. That's how, kind of the role of the script supervisor, and maybe a producer, depending on uh, role. Obviously, mm-hmm. this producer can change. Um, let's flip it then. Would you write a script and then have someone else direct it? I don't know if I'd trust a director with that. You wouldn't that. trust it. Yeah. Because, like, in writing, like, even as much as I love directing, writing is where I really get to create, you know, my own world. Mm-hmm. And, um, like, I would want it to be kind of how I imagined it. I want to make sure that happened. No, that's that's fair. Yeah. Um, no, you see a lot of times where directors will, will change a script because they take a different interpretation. Right. And that's something that you could even do with someone else's script and... Yeah, exactly. Um, which is why I would like try to make sure I was networking net, networking with them as much so as possible. So you prefer the streamlined process, essentially. Is what we're yeah. If I wrote, if I write a script, I want to direct the film. Okay. What yeah. about the other way around? I would be fine with doing that. Yeah. You don't sound enthusiastic. Really. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, mean okay. I just haven't ever done it before, you know. Yeah. Well, you you could try it sometimes. Yeah. You have someone else write. It would give you some more time. You could have someone else produce. That way, you could more focus on the directing and maybe the editing as right. well. It give you it give you more time to do things. And I know this, especially with Kevin's movie fest. You're given two weeks. To Basically, do I mean, yeah. I started writing the script before then because I knew. Yeah. Well, for production and post production, yeah, it's two weeks. It's really just two weeks, um, and it, which is not a lot of time, especially if you want to do pickups or anything like that. You say, "Oh, I don't, I don't like this shot. Let's redo it." Well, yeah. we don't. We have to turn in the film in an hour. Right. <laughs> Um, so, uh, it can be, it can be very, there's a, there's a time, there's a schedule that you have to abide mm-hmm. by. Um, a very strict schedule. So sometimes it, 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 it could free, or it could free up your time. Maybe if you have someone else write or someone else edit, mm-hmm. you think so, you could have someone else edit your film or. Probably. I mean, um, like, like I said, with mother, dad, and I, like both worked on mm-hmm. editing that film. I think so. As long as like, I was very deliberate with like which shots lined up with which like pieces of action and dialogue mm-hmm. um i think it'd be interesting as well because i think editing is like where the movie really becomes itself mm-hmm. because like especially with like the amount of time you can stay on like one shot versus another shot you can really drastically change the mood of a scene mm-hmm. no good, good answer yeah. um let's then let's talk about let's let's Bring it on to Anatophobia then, um, mm-hmm. which is the film coming out again tomorrow. Yeah. Um, seven thirty. Seven. 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 They're not going to start till seven thirty though. Uh, you don't know. No, I know they're not going to start. Oh, uh, okay. Right. Is that how these things work? They never start on time. Well, we start on time. Sometimes. When do we start? On? What are you talking about? I mean, we sometimes start on time. For what? For filming. Oh, we never started on time. <laughs> Usually I was on time. Come on. Um, no, the uh, yeah. So for that film, uh, we talked about the writing process. We talked, I we talked about all of it. But uh, what was I going to ask? I think it was something about the editing. Um, well, um, shoot, I lost it. it was something about the we never we don't do cuts with the podcast though, so we got to fill this time. We got to fill the time. Yeah. Um, talk about something else while I think about what the question was. Is it an idea for uh, uh, let's, uh, okay. 
Um, was it something about the editing of the Anatophobia? Um, I'm not going to tell you. There were a couple of shots that had to be cut. Well, go ahead. Let's yeah. talk about the deleted shots. I mean, like, mo- most of it, like, was able to get into there mm-hmm. as we wanted. There were a couple of shots that it was, like, they just didn't really translate well with the rest of the scene. Like, they might have been just, like, at an awkward angle or something. Well, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, you, you did your best. You did your best. All right. Uh, but there were also, like, a couple of shots, like, in, I think it's the first office scene, mm-hmm. where Aaron first comes in and, like, sits down at the desk and everything. You know, he... he Reese did a great job with acting, mm-hmm. with it being, like, a, his first time acting on screen. Yeah. Um, but in that shot, he just, like, really took his time with, like, setting down the briefcase and then, like, tapping his pencil and doing all this all this stuff, which was fun. Uh, but then, like, I had to go in and, like, chop up the shot into, like, I think three or four different segments to just, like, speed it up. You could sp- speed up the shot itself, or did that look weird? Putting it uh, at like one point one speed or something. I mean, it probably would have looked a little awkward in some uh, moments. Okay. I didn't try it because uh, I just I just thought like cutting it like that would work. Yeah. And especially because like that's also what I did for the opening credits. Mm-hmm. Whenever he's like. So you wanted the, to keep the, the editing style. Yeah. Okay. I guess that's what I was trying to do. That was the editing style. So how did you choose the style for this editing film? style? I mean, obviously, you want the edit the edit to. Uh, mirror the the comedy and thriller mm. aspects um so did you edit specifically to comedies parts to as opposed to the thriller parts or uh i feel like parts that were comedic mm. uh i obviously wanted to feel comedic mm-hmm. parts that were thriller, i wanted to feel thriller um and then other parts where it's ambiguous like in the opening bit um and the bathroom yeah in the bathroom yeah. that's where in editing you can decide what the uh genre is supposed to be mm-hmm. and with that one I want it to be more comedic the music has a underlying tone of like uh, something darker going on okay. but it's, it's a primarily lighthearted uh, feel but then like also with the cuts I was I felt like it was um, just like upbeat and moving driving no that's that's good so so let's yeah so the music you had to as well line up with the tone mm-hmm. yeah um, so how did you choose those types of music how did you choose the music for this um, thing because I assume most of it was royalty free yeah all of so it was royalty free um there uh I, I knew in my mind like some styles I wanted I wanted mm-hmm. something that was bright and upbeat and driving to match the comedic style something that was a little bit darker something that was fast paced for whenever he like left the office mm-hmm. and the duck was like there and he was trying to fight it yeah. um I also wanted just like a drone, just like a basically like low um, like bass sound with like this like swelling alto or um, treble uh, yeah. voices uh, that I could just like cut and put in in different spaces to um, accentuate like certain shots or something. Yeah. Like when we first see the duck, there's just huge uh, bass swell. Okay. Yeah. There's also uh, one piece it's called ultra polka uh okay. alex and i were um like looking at all the royalty free music together mm-hmm. and he played this track and he and like it played for like a good 30 seconds and i was like this sounds terrible i yeah. hate this and he was listening to it and it was like no i hear something here we could we could use this uh, uh we could use this somewhere and so he downloaded it and threw it in a final cut and like just threw a couple audio effects onto it 
mm-hmm. and then he played it for me, and I listened to it, and I was like, okay, this actually works. Yeah. It works. Um, yeah, sometimes it, layering the songs can, can add an effect as well. Yeah, yeah, layering songs, and um, like what he did was he like made it slower, mm-hmm. uh, and added like a cartoon animals okay. uh, effect to it. I don't know exactly what that does. It's almost like creepy clown music. Yeah, exactly, and that's used in the final bit whenever he's like on the bed and then like fights the duck in the living mm-hmm. room. Um, but it, it worked like really well and it was kind of a learning experience for me as well to not just like say no to something yeah. I, whenever I first see it you know there might be something you could like tinker around with and that's, that's part of the problem with you the, the process being very vertical because mm-hmm. you're the only there's no checks and balances yeah um, all the decisions are primarily yours and then um, for every aspect for the writing the directing the yeah. producing the editing it's all going through you mm-hmm. um, do you think then you would add um, a co-writer well I guess this had a co-writer well uh, like story yeah co-writer yeah, story. So I wrote the screenplay for it you think you would add another um, screenplay writer maybe have an assistant director maybe have a, another producer or, or just a completely different person for a producer taking um, over complete production and then maybe a co-editor uh, for some of them yes um I don't know that I necessarily see the full value of an assistant director, unless there's someone just like doing like stunt shots. It would be it would be like a second unit director. Yeah, sort of thing. yeah, yeah. They would be doing. I think second unit director would be fine. Um, co-writer, I don't know. Typically, whenever I'm writing stuff, I will uh, send it to a couple. Like I will send either scenes or like the whole thing to some people mm-hmm. and have them read over it and like give me notes on it, mm-hmm. uh, kind of like how I did with you guys. Mm-hmm. Um, to see like some stuff that really works or maybe something that seems kind of uh, confusing or um, awkward and uh, then like tweak it a little bit and also I'll just like uh, like with writing reach out to people and like try to figure out how they would act in a certain scenario so mm-hmm. then I can like mimic that with the characters I'm writing but then like when we get into directing and sometimes like like we were moving really fast I made like a really tight schedule for us uh-huh. And there was sometimes where it's just like, you have to make a fast-paced decision, mm-hmm. you know. And sometimes, the the first decision that comes to your mind is not the best decision, mm-hmm. but you just have to deal with it. So I guess, like sometimes having another director to be able to like take on some of the, um, some of the filming, so you have like more time to film your stuff. Yeah, I mean that'd be it'd be like you said like a stunt director. So if maybe you had. And an action film that you were making, and mm-hmm. you wanted to send someone to work on the stunts, right, or whatever. You could have them do it on a different day while you work on some of the slower parts or whatever, right? However, you wanted to do it. Yeah. Um. So for a battle, but you had other, you had a, um, you had the writing checked out with other people. Yes. As well. Okay. Yeah. Um, same with same with mother. I assume. I mean, yes. you thought about that. It was with your dad. One of my. Uh, one of my uh, teachers from high school, my 10th grade teacher, mm-hmm. English uh, teacher, I really liked him. Um, I thought he was like one of the greatest teachers I've ever had. I still do think so. And um, I'll just like send him scripts I've been, that I write to have him like read through them and like give me, give me notes on them and uh, give me certain just insights and like writing and how uh, stuff feels to him because I really trust his you know, education opinion. Yeah. 
and sometimes the dialogue can be the hardest part to write. Yes. It's hard to write um, because we don't write necessarily how we speak. No. Um, so you have to say it out loud to yourself. Is that how do you how do you try to keep the dialogue so it sounds realistic? Um, well, first thing definitely is I try to be concise with dialogue. Mm-hmm. Yeah, unless a character is just like very verbose and um, is supposed to be like run on. Uh, I try to keep stuff very concise. I'm trying to like um, also relate things to the theme, like if. I suddenly get to a point where I want two characters to just basically be talking to other to each other, like having a conversation or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, rather than just like throwing in something random, I try to pull from the themes that I'm working with for the script for them to mm-hmm. discuss, and so that provides like a lot of just like conversations throughout the um, the film, where you know this idea, whatever it may be, uh, is explored in small details. It's just like. Uh, little examples to help it like tie it all together okay yeah so can you give an example of, of any of the films from any of the films that you worked on or yeah um mother one of the main things about it is like um life is an adventure mm-hmm. and so there are some times where uh the characters are just like talking to it to each other on the spaceship or whatnot um where like like one of the uh pilots mentions that life is too short to be serious mm-hmm. and they started talking about um how like being attached to machines being hooked up to a machine or like a life support system is not really living but okay. it's more of cheating death mm-hmm. and faking existence and uh you know just like stuff like that just like throughout the entire uh overall story that has an arc of uh life being an adventure Okay, so you're sprinkling it in throughout. Okay. Yeah. Um, so we, you mentioned, for Mother, you used, um, maybe, you know, you used extensive green screen effects. Mm-hmm. Um, and you haven't... All of it was green screen. All of it, well, yeah, yeah. All of it's green screen. Um, <laughs> for the past two, for Battle of and for Anadiophobia, mm-hmm. they're, they're all filmed on location. Yes. Do you think you're going to go back to more green screen? I don't know. Do you I've, prefer doing it on... on I have experience doing both green screen and location. Mm-hmm. I think they both have their own values and um, uh, like challenges. So yeah. green screen, you gotta make sure it's lit very well. You gotta have the right lighting for it. Yeah, and also and we have a green screen here too. So you yeah, can yeah. use that if you need. Um, but then also, you have to. But then in addition to that, you have to worry about getting the background, all the backgrounds for it. Yeah, you know, and to make sure the backgrounds you get work well together. Um, I don't know. I could, I could see myself using like small fabrics of green screen mm-hmm. to like maybe have like a, some character in the background, uh-huh. or like 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 an alien or something, you know? Yeah. Uh, like just key out a part of a lo- on location set mm-hmm. and um, put whatever I need in there. Because you could have done it this year too with yeah. the film with the with the duck. Yeah. You yeah. could have had some you. But uh, we, you kind of talked about how it would have been too much time in the editing process. Mm-hmm. This is something that I guess you're. Yeah, that's for. one thing about green screen. You take, it takes a substantial amount of time with editing. Yeah, yeah. You'd prefer the practical, just because there's less work to do later on. Right. Exactly. Um, so. Yeah, and you obviously you could have done it with with the battle of wood as well, with the monster. You could have mm-hmm. had a real monster, but you decided to make a costume. Yeah, and all that, but that also may have played into the theme of the movie as well. 
Yeah, it, it does apply a bit to the theme of the movie, but I also prefer just doing as much practical mm-hmm. effects as possible. Because you talked about, we could talk about the costuming for that for that um, mm-hmm. film. Was so there was a, there was much more there was pretty, fairly extensive costuming for that. Um, how did you come up with the armor for for the main character, um, the, the villain, the monster, whatever you want to call it, at the end? Yeah, I'm not exactly sure how I came up with the costuming. Mm-hmm. Um, if you look at all the different pieces of the armor, it's become it becomes allegorical for um, or symbolic for like different subjects, different educational ac- ac- academic subjects. Mm-hmm. Um, but in terms of actually deciding, oh, he's going to build armor out of cardboard. I don't know where I got that from. Okay, it almost seems yeah. like it's it's a parody on the on the like oh most of these most of these characters in these sorts of films they get this fancy armor. Yeah. They get they somehow magically they just get this fancy armor they get right. all this great stuff and this guy's literally walking around with a flappy cardboard sword. Yeah, I mean you could definitely like draw that um, impl- oh, that implication there. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know if that was quite what I was going for. It was just more of a just what you have. stylistic. It's just what I had. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, I mean, from now on, just tell people that's what it is. I guess. Yeah. 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 Um, that's what I figured it was. I guess it was kind of like a um, yeah, like kind of allegorical in that sense um, parodying, parodying what uh, what you normally see and it's kind of it's all it's ironic in the way that like you have this you have this crazy scientist comes up and he says oh here's here's this random destiny mm-hmm. they're giving you which is nothing you know no, which is uh, uh, hero's journey well, yeah, what I'm saying is like it has no uh, bearing on anything yeah um, and it just happens because randomly because mm-hmm. he runs into him right Right, I don't think there's any. What does he say? Yeah, he just says this is all re- we're relying on you. Yeah, for no reason. The there's world no, is on your shoulders. Yeah. Yeah, and there's no, and we see maybe a minute or so of footage of the main character, just as a normal student. There's nothing. Mm-hmm. There's no. Um, there's nothing specific that he uh, he has. No skills. In fact, he shows fewer skills than yeah. average skills. Yeah, yeah. Or less than average skills. Um, and then you get the armor, which is also kind of just less than average so mm-hmm. it's kind of a, a, a theme that throughout right yeah okay yeah. Um, and then for that day of phobia we don't have there's no costuming specifically you have a duck yeah that's um, just a stuffed animal that's just a stuffed animal you didn't want to get a real duck um, I don't know where I would get a real duck well because you could have made it like a cat right you could have had it like a dog yeah. Did that ever? Do you ever think about doing that or you were fairly sorry? well I remember it like yeah like whenever you, we were first discussing it I just brought out yeah but you could have changed it a little yeah you could have said oh maybe we want to do a real animal I felt like you never considered doing a real animal I feel like cat and dog are just too everyday Mm -hmm. you know you know everybody has a dog or everybody has a cat yeah or I mean like a bird you could have done what I'm getting is you could have you could have considered making a real animal maybe your friend has a turtle or something I don't know yeah did you ever consider that like a real animal or were you always um, a stuffed animal no uh, for some reason I was always imagining a stuffed animal to okay Add to the comedic effect of it, mm-hmm. you know, and then building on that, you could also be kind of like a psychological horror. The fact that this man is so deathly afraid of a stuffed animal. What's mm-hmm. his deal? What's wrong with yeah. him? Yeah. Um, let's talk about the scene where the duck runs away. Okay. Did you have a plan for that, or were you always just going to kind of wing it? Again, part of the, I'm writing it here, I'll figure it out when I'm directing it. Yeah, I did not want to do stop motion. I thought that mm-hmm. would take way too long. Um, I knew that would take way too long. Um, I think I was pretty much anticipating what Alex did, which was just like have a piece of string and pull it. I was 
thinking that I would have to key out the string mm -hmm. or the floss is what we use. Um, but the but the clever director of photography knew how to shoot. Yes, is what you're saying. Yes, okay. clever director of photography knew what he was doing. Um, but the problem there is it kind of flips around. Or you was that I I haven't seen the final. Just for you know, um, full disclosure here, I haven't seen the final cut of the yeah. film. I haven't seen any cut. I guess technically. Yeah. Um, so I don't know how does that look in the final cut. Honestly, in terms of running away. I mean. It's kind of hard for me to say because I've been with this project from its conception, okay. right? Um, so it's always hard for me to say how well things work. Mm -hmm. I feel like it works pretty well, though, in, in the final battle with the duck. Mm -hmm. I mean, a couple of the shots, just because they're, like, kind of similar, mm -hmm. they feel kind of they feel kind of weird to me. But I don't know, as the, for a first viewer, if it works well. So maybe you should have uh, screen tested. Maybe. I mean, I have screen tested it for a couple of people and they thought it was good. Okay. Um, but I don't think it's too, like, jarring from him yelling at the duck to it just, like, to run. Flipping up, to, uh, flipping around. Yeah. You think and it honestly, works? it looks like, Alex said it looks like he threw the duck. Okay. So that kind of works. Maybe um, you should have shot Yeah, maybe we should have shot it as uh, throwing the duck. Yeah. Or, more explicitly, maybe that would have right. been a way around our limitations. And obviously, you could have done this in, with the green screen, maybe. Yeah. Um, in the stop motion, I guess you could have done a flaw if you had, mm -hmm. if you had another. There are a lot of options. It it's really just dependent on time and money. Yeah. Yeah. Well, let's talk about the money side. You have have you had to spend any money on your film so far? I assume. No. Yes. Um, okay. I think. Not including every, other. I mean, um, whether you kind of co-financed, let's say, with your dad, right? Well, I had to pay. Really, most of my budget comes from costuming and props. Okay. Yeah. Mother was big on costuming. Because mm -hmm. it's, it's like an 80s nostalgia type thing. So mm -hmm. I had to get wigs. I had to get certain, like, okay. um, like outfits and stuff. Um, and then um, Battle of Wits. I had to get the morph suits and the pool mm -hmm. noodles and the fabric and everything. So you bought those specifically for yes. the film? Yes. Okay. And now I just have them. <laughs> Now you just have a purple um, suit. Yeah, I've actually uh, there was there was one film I was trying to start on over the summer. I'm, mm -hmm. It never like it's still in production, um, but it's called Crops. But I'm actually it has a uh, purple uh, alien, a purple alien in it. Okay. Yeah, um, I don't know if I'm like building a cinematic universe with it or something. Well, I told you to connect the films. So. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I like the idea of like you know having an whole cinematic universe. Did that, did that shot of the lab coat stay in? Oh yeah, yeah, okay. it's in there. Okay. It's in there. And I think it was actually a really good idea, otherwise it wouldn't look very barren. I thought the point was to look barren. Well, you, you said, said the, the point lab of the coat shot. makes it um, less barren. Yeah, but you it, said it works. the shot... Okay. It works. Okay. You had another brilliant idea. Uh, well, you know, that's just how it happens every day. Um, okay, yeah, so the costuming in a battle, but there was no costuming for this, did you buy the duck? Yes, I bought the duck. Okay, you bought the duck. And you didn't have a duck stuffed animal. That was it. No, I didn't. Because you could have, again, going back, maybe I'm just critiquing your writing here, but mm -hmm. you could have said, oh, I have this stuffed animal. Like, I have a giraffe. Mm -hmm. Would you have considered switching it to giraffe because you had a giraffe? Or, um, I mean, I could have. The only stuffed animals I have is Buzz, mm -hmm. and then two video game uh, stuffed animals, okay. and then a lion that's, like, very beat up because I've had him since before I was born. Okay. Um... And also, I feel like a lion is also too... It, it's just, like, too generic of an animal. You know, like, whenever people think, like, like savannah animals, oh, there's a lion. Okay. Yeah, you know, it's like... 
the. I mean, a duck is a fairly generic animal too. I, I mean, know. It's not, I don't know. It, it just seems a bit. You could have gone like manatee. I mean, that's. A little more. I guess I don't know. Maybe it's just like my yeah. own individual culture or something, but. That's just, I mean, that's fair if this is the yeah. first animal you thought of. I was just wondering if you had maybe a stuffed animal that you said, okay, I have a duck stuffed animal. Let's build the film around this. No, nah, I, I had to buy it, but it's only like twelve bucks, so that's fine. Okay, yeah, I think that was the only thing you had to do for budget, though. Yeah, because you had the light kind of. Have you considered buying some more extensive lighting? Um, you know, extensive microphones. I have considered it. I think the first thing I would purchase is lighting, because okay. I found in. Um, one film I did over the summer, uh, Midnight Tango. Mm -hmm. Lighting brought a lot to that film. Mm -hmm. It was like, a lot of it was shot outdoors at night, so we had to have some good lighting. I was able to use Dad's lighting for it. Um, but like, I feel like we used that with a combination of gels to really like bring character to the, to the different scenes. Um, and so I think I would want to get like a professional set of lights. Okay first and you haven't considered about the camera or the microphones or you know, any of the audio equipment not so much um i mean i have my my dad's old camera and i just basically mm -hmm. have to get his permission to use it for different things okay. and then like uh you know like stuff like cmf they give us yeah all the stuff we might need they give you that stuff but yeah. if you want to shoot something on your own or you know you're not gonna be doing cmf for your whole life right um but then also like with like the phones we have and everything, those are still yeah really those good are good cameras. for for visuals at least from stuff that I've done. The audio is hit or miss on those. Yeah, um, that's why I think audio would be fairly important mm -hmm. to invest in specifically. I think because you can get away with, with your phone for a camera, right? Um, even like the 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 uh, the behind the scenes thing I shot last year. I didn't do it this year because it was it was too much time. And we didn't have as many people on the crew too. Yeah, and it wasn't as important. Um, and again, again I, I was much busier this, this year too um, but uh, you know I shot it all on my phone and I think it looks fine mm -hmm. uh, you know yeah, people were like really people were like yeah that looks there's like the final cut of the film I was like yeah, yeah. it's just an LG um, <laughs> so let's talk about the future after after you're done with CMF are you going to keep you know, after you graduate college you're running mm -hmm. a full time job you're not going to be a film director is that something you're looking into? That is something I'm looking okay. into. Writer, director is really... As a full-time, you're moving to Hollywood. Thing I want to do. Um, I don't know about Hollywood. Uh -huh. I kind of like the idea of like being independent. Okay. I mean, I might just like... That's what I was kind of getting at. Were you planning on going, you know, part, you know, working for Warner Brothers, you know, doing yeah. something like that? Yeah, like Warner Brothers or Universal. I kind of like that idea. Mm -hmm. Or just like started my own production company from scratch. Okay. Um, you have your own production company, yeah. technically. Yeah, organic medic. I just, there's like legal forms you have to do for that or whatever, mm -hmm. but like, I'm not making any profit on it, off of it. You're going to join the PGA? Yet. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, so uh, were you considered taking organic medic to uh, public, essentially? Yeah, eventually. Um, like I think I actually get good enough where people are gonna like pay to see my stuff, you mm -hmm. know. Um, Have you considered doing that, showing your films for for pay? Yeah, definitely. Saying, hey, um, you could even do it here. Say, uh, you know, three dollars, come see. Yeah, like like two or three dollars to see, you know, a short film made by a, a fellow student. Yeah. You know? Have you considered? So you have considered doing that. Yeah. I know you haven't done it yet. 
unless it got past I'm considering me. it for the future. For the future. I think um, in terms of like, uh, like at least my, my skill sets, um, I think I'm, I'm pretty close to the point where I could start charging people. And I think it's difficult to charge people two dollars to see a five minute film as well. Well, I would do stuff that's longer. I think I was gonna say you could probably do like a minutes, yeah, like a yeah. twenty, thirty, even thirty minute yeah. film. Um, that would be a little you know, if they come for five minutes. And I then also like with the short films that we that I've done, like like we have like like three or four now. Mm-hmm. And like we could I could do something like with Pixar. You could have a festival where um where like we just have like a short film at the beginning and then the actual movie. Mm-hmm. You know. Okay, so you want to pair them up somehow. Yeah, exactly. Um, so you, have you considered making a feature-length movie more than an hour? Mm-hmm. Mother is feature-length. Okay, okay. Yeah. Um, oh, so that's a lot of green screen. Then. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I guess that's why we only did like five scenes from it. I think the whole thing is like 27 minutes with um, with uh, bloopers and... Uh, yeah. It's in the film. Credit. <laughs> it's, in the, it's in the recording. Yeah. So yeah, like with, with credits and bloopers and everything, it's like 27 minutes okay. long. There's only five scenes. Um, well, I was saying, have you considered something, something more than an hour? That's, yeah. a, that's a long script, obviously. That's a, yeah. The final draft from Mother, I think, is like 123 pages okay, long. Okay, so you haven't finished. It is finished. It's 123 pages. Uh-huh. It's a 27-minute film? No, no, no. You've shot. No, no. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm so, confused here. Okay. So I did uh, Mother Select scenes. Okay. After I graduated, right? Yes. I had a huge script that was like 300-something pages long. Okay. I took five scenes from that and shot that with my friends and my dad. Okay. And edited it and everything. And You like, do not have a full I do not cut. have a full finished cut, now. Okay. Have you considered finishing it or moving on to something new? Whenever I get people to pay me to do it. Because, I mean, at this point, yeah, at this point, it's been a while. I think it may be better to... Because you've also matured as a creative... Um, talent yeah since then since you started um, what was it, four years ago at this point uh, pretty close to that three and a half four three years half ago years. yeah so I think I think you could yeah so you would what what do you think uh, before we close out here we're getting we're getting to we're almost at our, our time here wow um, yeah it flies by every guest says it flies by so, yeah well um, it flies by can you tease us about <laughs> He uses about what you're maybe doing next year for Nosebleed Fest. Do you have anything? Have any oh, ideas? I have no idea. Yeah. You have no idea. No idea. For any, I can say it that we're doing like a romantic action but you uh, don't know. thing, and then make a romantic action thing later that involves a unicycle. And it's on the record now. Yeah. I mean, this one is to come out whenever September eighteenth or whatever. Um, all right. Thanks for coming on, Joey. Uh, yeah. This was, uh, this was good. Be sure to share this podcast with oh, yeah, definitely. so people know. I'll be like, hey, that was my first podcast. Yes, this was your first podcast? Yeah. Okay. It's well, maybe you fun. could buy audio equipment for this podcast. Yes, definitely. <laughs> Where, where's my money? <laughs> Do you want to get paid for being on here, too? Isn't that how it works? pay for guests? No, you never pay for well, guests. Well, you don't have to pay for esteemed guests. Yeah, so yeah. once you get big and famous. You said I was sustainable again. Okay. Yeah. I, I'm sorry. That the, the audio cut out. Sorry. Oh, Goodbye. Okay. That's okay. the end of the show. Bye. Bye.